Forster and Hayes podcast series, Speculations in Unimagined Space. My name is Ewan Forster, and over the period of four months from November 2019, my colleague and long-term collaborator Chris Hayes and I took up residency at Wimbledon College of Art at the invitation of the Space Gallery to create an installation and performance lecture in response to the reconfiguration of the college to accommodate students of performance and acting. The installation Trig Point and its accompanying performance lecture on the hoof were devised out of many conversations with colleagues, staff and students at Wimbledon, as well as others from further afield. And the podcast series has been a chance for us to invite responses and reflections from some of those people on the main themes of the project, namely an exploration of the material and spatial resourcing of performance teaching in the Contemporary Creative Academy. In this second podcast, we're going to hear from Ashley Pearson, director of the 3D Lab at Wimbledon College of Arts, who reflects on what she calls making literacy in the study of performance and acting. My name is uh, Ashley Pearson. I run the 3D Lab at Wimbledon College of Art. I've done several iterations of recording um, some thoughts in upon reflection on your um, residency at Wimbledon. So I'm going to try and give you some of the uh, streams of consciousness that I've had. Um, I think all your questions touches upon the aspect of making literacies really and and what of the making process is um, relevant or beneficial uh, to the performance process um, and uh, which is quite key because at the moment we're really rethinking how students access uh, the workshops as it were at Wimbledon in this um, period of COVID-19 um, and what we are looking at is actually really trying to articulate all these wonderful kind of making literacies that are um, threaded through the spaces where students interact with the workshop and try and make them explicit and actually make them in shareable ways that we can talk about in an online environment. Um, so, and actually in, during that process, we've realized that, you know, there's even, there's so much more that uh, performance students might benefit in terms of um, really taking, taking this conversation further into how is, how is material making and making as a whole across analog and digital means, it, how is that then embedded in a kind of performance course? Now I must say that we're at like completely early days. We were right at the beginnings of, of thinking through really all of this, you know, thinking through how we can introduce the acting students into um, more physical making facilities. Um, and then sadly, obviously, we uh, met, uh, we were met with lockdown. Um, and so this is very tentative and really um, beginning parts of the conversation. I guess one of the things is, 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 is addressing that actually our unique offer is that the acting courses are, uh, or the program is based within an art school context. Um, and I guess we need to begin to articulate 
what are the fruitful things of that and what are the, what's what is the unique offer of that and um i think one of them is is providing these facilities where students can explore things that are periphery to their discipline so we've had a strong history of 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 students engaging in performance at Wimbledon um, from different disciplines. Uh, and so uh, making facilities uh, help students um, develop work that might not be uh, initially uh, visible in their disciplines, but directly beneficial in um, exploring things that uh, might be more uh, enriching or, or, or just sitting slightly parallel to their practice. In terms of actually embedding making practice within uh, the course and maybe more kind of direct learning activities, I think they are very specific transferable uh, things that um, action stu uh, acting students and performance students might really um, benefit from in engaging in or you know it might just parallel their practice a little bit and and a few of those things are, are really what we talk about in our uh, initial inductions where we uh, welcome students in in their first year to really um, introduce them to the processes uh, that are possible in the lab but also a little to cover health and safety and really to help them be responsible citizens in in using um, the facilities as uh, an extended part of their studio space. Um, and I guess I could see that happening for this new course as well, in the sense of it, it could be an extended space where they could uh, explore their practice in, in, in other means. Um, there's certain making literacies that could actually directly um, apply and one of the things is um, the use of the body and I remember you and when we uh, initially spoke uh, you asked me whether I came from a performance background which I found quite interesting and that was partly because I was unpacking what we teach in um, the induction which generally is really making students aware of their of their bodies and how they potentially relate or 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 position themselves towards materials, tools, machinery, and even each other in the 3D lab. And the common thread we often talk about is the use of power. Um, how do we exert or dissipate power on an object or on materials or in our use of tools and equipment? Um, how do we leverage our bodies to complete a piece of work safely? Should we do that? How do we do that? Um, and we also talk about ground, grounding ourselves and centering ourselves before approaching equipment and tools to exert force. Um, and again, then there's also a very real negotiation that continues to happen, whether written, whether spoken or unspoken, is is really how we navigate space with those around us. So how do we create safe and generous working environments where there, there's a mutual agreement of respect and collaborative learning so um you know one student's use of the workshop uh, needs to be negotiated with another person's use of the workshop um safely in the sense of um how how do they establish spaces of working and, and so there's a lot of uh, collaborative negotiation that goes on and then i think there are 
potentially other ways that we could have a transferable um, practice. Um, and that's, I guess, really thinking around materials um, and even just improvisation and play and exploration and consequence and, and uh, you know, really analyzing um, the ends of, of something. Um, and uh, so, there, so there's very specific um, processes in that, that I should imagine would benefit anyone <laughs> on any course really. Um, and really what this is, is it's exposing modes of thinking because uh, very easy, uh, easily we could fall into this um, rote learning type space where um, we just believe certain modes of thinking and, and doing are, are, are better or more mainstream or the only way, when actually there are several different ways that we can approach information and think through, um, uh, think through information. So there's, there's tons of modes of thinking and um, making as a mode of thinking has very, um, has very much been suppressed in a way. Um, and this is something that we've noticed the benefit of, of addressing is with our theatre design students. And in our sec the second years, just before lockdown, we ran a project or a, a technical skill session called Make Like Play. And the, the general gist was to really get them to think through uh design through making so think you know sort of flip the hierarchy potentially so not not having design happening in some cerebral space and then uh, for weeks on end and then having the making happening right at the end which which makes it quite a tension-filled space because you can't can't have anything go wrong because there's no time and so really we wanted to flip that and change it and think through well, what design would come about if we thought through it through the process of making. One of the ideas is what you were asking about was in terms of object as, as making rehearsal. And I guess what we really learned through Make Like Play was that actually the workshop can be the place of design. It can also be um, a place of rehearsal. Um, in the sense that we're constantly rehearsing ideas and um, even thinking through object making um, as a type of rehearsal, um, you know, in terms of figuring out whether things are going to work or whether the sensibilities are right or the materials right or, you know, we've seen design change because of problem solving in material. And so it's, it's just seizing these opportunities to uh, to integrate um, making literacies and um, the thinking through making a little bit earlier in on the process. And so, you know, in a world where we can reimagine performance, because, you know, I think that's the beauty of the courses that we are developing at Wimbledon is that really, we, you know, I should imagine we want to create a real unique space. And I think it's just articulating um, looking at what's transferable, but then also just articulating what the art school environment um, bestows and uh, the beauty of that and the enriching enhancement of working in that environment. And you picked it up a bit in your, in your survey, you know, in terms of proximity to material, like what happens when 
we see things being made and have windows into different processes um, or just having um, these spaces where students can wander into and experience a different way of thinking. A lot of um, students uh, we've noticed have come to use the workshop as a way to trigger or um, alter their kind of mindset. So we'll have students that have really hit a block either in their writing side of their course or, um, or just in their project briefs and units uh, and they just come for a day just to kind of really um, play, explore, kind of really just try and um, change their, their thinking really, almost to kind of jolt them out of an artist's block as it were. And I, I'm wondering whether there's an opportunity for us to be um, encourage, you know, encouraging students that actually this, the 3D lab can be a lab in many ways. It could be a lab for prototyping ideas. It could be a lab for exploring and material research. It also could be a lab for trying to explore a different way of thinking and a different um, system of thought. Um, and so Make Light Play was a real lesson in that, that actually why are rehearsal spaces only considered in quite clinical spaces really? Like um, rehearsal can happen pretty much anywhere really and, and, and is really in, almost integral in the making process. You know, you're constantly rehearsing and checking and exploring and try, uh, trial and error and reflecting and then changing and impacting. And, um, you know, there's a whole cycle of thinking about research, responding, recording and then reviewing. And, and this constant kind of circle that just involves observation and curiosity and play and experimentation and trying to build um, build practice and a kind of visual language. Um, so how much more can you know can we uh, develop within the performance environment if really the barriers or or the hierarchies between material kind of making physical making and performance making are torn down what what would happen if um actors were enhanced with a making sensibility in in terms of thinking about materiality i think that would be really interesting and potentially along the lines of the sort of history of performance at wimbledon in in that it was usually born out of a fine art context in the sense of um, students taking on performative spaces and roles from a painting or a sculpture or print and time-based media background. Uh, and they, they are certainly really enriching things. Uh, we were talking about a, a puppeteer who uses paper in a very simple way to kind of explore what's needed in, in creating puppetry. But one of the beautiful examples was um, making paper breathe. And I think that was just such a wonderful uh, term. You know, how do we breathe or, or how do we make materials breathe? And uh, I think there's tons of scope there in terms of just a, uh, allowing a little, little bit more uh, um, 
alignment between um, the kind of art school environment and the performance environment, um, just so that we don't miss these opportunities uh, to really play with these uh, these bits of tacit knowledge that could potentially really uh, enrich um, a, a, a performance environment. Where is it? Are we? Where are we providing spaces for students? to enter into different states of flow, you know, you know, or different states of mind in the sense of providing these activities that potentially slow us down, um, create opportunities for a different perspective, a different sensibility. But I guess it comes down to how you want to embed um, sensibilities of making within a performance course. And I, and I guess that's where, there's, you know, we're open to, to lots of different discussions. We often are providing things that aren't necessarily embedded in curriculum and not, aren't necessarily really um, integrated with maybe um, the learning outcomes. Um, so I think we've, we've got, especially in this time of, of COVID-19 and being able to work a little bit more closely with academics and, and technical colleagues, um, I'm really hoping um, that we can continue to dig, dig down and dig deep on, on these um, principles of making literacies and really how they relate and can enhance and enrich um, several ways of thinking across different disciplines. You've been listening to Ash Pearson from Wimbledon College of Arts as part of the Forster and Hayes podcast series speculations in unimagined space. Check out the remaining podcasts in the series as well as other information on the Forster and Hayes website www.forster-hayes.com